Five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. Diary of a Kidney Warrior. Sharing faith, knowledge, hope, and love. Hi, and welcome to Diary of a Kidney Warrior podcast. My name is Dee Moore, and I am a stage four kidney warrior. This podcast is dedicated to encourage, educate, and inspire as we explore all aspects of kidney disease, chronic illnesses, and health. If you have any questions or ideas for future topics you would like me to cover, please do get in contact with me on social media using the handle Diary of a Kidney Warrior. Have you ever looked at your renal blood test results and wondered what the letters, numbers, and abbreviations mean? Well, today's episode is the first part of a two-part series where we're going to take a look at renal blood test results. Joining me today is friend of the podcast, lead chronic kidney disease nurse, Patsy Moy, who will be sharing a guide to understanding your renal blood test results. Hi, and welcome to Diary of a Kidney Warrior, the podcast. How are you doing today, Pat? I'm doing fine. Good, I'm doing good. very, very well in my lockdown. <laughs> That's good. Um, for those who are listening for the first time, Patsy Moy is a friend of the podcast. And if you haven't caught them yet, um, we've done three episodes together where we looked at what kidney disease is, what causes it and what the treatments are. So if you haven't yet checked out those episodes, please do go back to those episodes and have a listen there's so much there for everyone to learn from so um yes it's wonderful to have you back today thank you thank you very much so today thank you. we're mm-hmm. looking at um blood test results because um speaking from experience you you go and you go to your renal appointment and you get your blood test done and then you know, a week or so later, you get a letter and you have all these results and there's all these letters and numbers and you're thinking to yourself, okay, well, what is that and what's that and what does this mean and, you know, what's the normal, what are, what are they looking for, what's the normal range, what should it be? So I really wanted to um, explore this with you and help, you know, everybody understand um, what blood results you know, what's on there and what does it mean? Um, obviously, there's lots of different blood tests that can be done. Um, so it's impossible for us to cover all of them. But in terms of the ones that um, I've got, I guess we're going from my the ones that I've got access to. So that's the ones that we're going to be looking at today. So, um, so yes, are you ready mm. to um, make all of this nice and clear for us so that we can understand what we've got to do and what we're looking at. Yes, I'll try my very best. But before I start, I want you to remind you that sometimes, actually, laboratories use different testing uh, assays, they call them. They use a different, uh, it's almost like makeup. Somebody can use one, one brand and another can use one brand. And when they do actually choose the test in the labs as well, sometimes they choose different ones. Like, for example, I in the West Midlands know that the tests at, at, at uh, City Hospital are a bit different from the, the 
the ones at UHB, but the levels are the same. They, they, they measure the same thing. So I just wanted to actually just make sure that people are aware that sometimes a lab can actually use a different way and they will have their, their own levels, whereas another lab can do the same thing. So, but when, when, when results are, are reported, they always have the lowest range to the highest range. They always tell you what is normal for you. And in kidneys, sometimes we either sometimes go outside the norm a bit with certain um, uh, tests because we expect if the kidney is not working, we can actually uh, uh, take it that far. Or the body from a kidney patient becomes a bit more clever and, and, and the body can actually do other things because it's compensating to kidney disease. But anyway, I just wanted you to actually be aware that sometimes you may go to your doctor, to your nephrologist, and they'll say, oh, that is fine. And you think, but it doesn't look fine. But because there are some tests that we we allow to go further because it's a kidney patient's body, which is very clever. Okay. So anyway, without any doubt, let's <laughs> let's tell you what, what what is the first one actually, uh D. Okay. So the first one mm. says create. The first one, creatinine, is actually um a waste product of um um, muscle activity in our body. When we use our muscles, we actually um, give out a creatinine. Now, it should be in a certain level. For example, I know the, the QE um, uh, labs is 60 to 120. So what we do is when we check your creatinine levels, we check on, are they normal? Are they not normal? What were they before? What happened before? Why have they gone up? Now, with the creatinine levels, actually, because I'm talking about muscle activity, if you are muscular, Mm -hmm. you will produce more creatinine. So remember, I was talking about certain areas where we allow it to get a bit higher. Mm -hmm. It's because if you are a bodybuilder and you've got lots of muscles, we will allow you to have more muscle, more creatinine, than if you are an old lady who is 85, who has got no muscle. So when you are looking at creatinine levels, you always need to look at the person as well. Right. You, know, you need to look at their habitats, their, how, how, how they are made. Are they fat? Are they muscular? Are they thin? Have they lost a leg? Have they lost, you know what I mean? Yes. So we used, many, many years ago, we used to use creatinine to measure kidney, the kidney function. Now, because of all those things that I just said, told you, you, you can't ring me to say, they are creating so so so, and then I can say, ah, oh, actually, I'm worried about them because because I need to see them. Are they old? Are they fat? Are they muscular? Have they lost limbs? Are they wheelchair bound? Are they because are they using their muscles? Yeah. You see what I mean? So that's why we couldn't actually we changed from creatinines to doing GFRs, which I will talk about later. So creatinine levels show us how much your muscle waste. And when the kidney is unable to keep it at a certain level, then we start worrying about it because the kidney really, its role is supposed to get rid of the waste products. It's actually the bin, the bin system, the, the refuse collectors of, of the body. So when, that, when it starts accumulating and we keep an eye on what it was maybe last month, then uh, month before, then month before, then month, we always look at the trend. What is the trend saying? Is it going up? 
Why is it going up? How quickly is it going up? Why? And if we see that's when we said to send you for scans again and do all sorts, and we always take blood to check on what, how that is going because it actually contributes to the decision of how well is your kidney doing. Right. Okay. So that's creatinine. That's creatinine. Okay, the next one is AKI. Actually, well, while I was talking, I almost brought AKI in because if creatinine jumps, if I took your, a blood test of your D now mm-hmm. and it was, let's say your creatinine was 200. 200 is not normal, but that's where it has been. And then suddenly, I repeat it day after, and it's, a, it's, it's a risen by 26 millimoles per liter. 26. It shows me that there has been a sudden bash to the kidney. Something happened that has upset the kidney, and I need to do something about it. When we say acute, we mean something has suddenly happened. AKI means acute kidney injury. Oh, okay. And when I find that your creatinine has gone up by 26 millimoles per liter in 48 hours, I worry because that is the first stage of AKI. It means I need to look at you, see what's happening. What have you, have you been drinking? Uh, Have you got an infection? What's going on? Have you got diarrhea? Has has anything happened to upset your hydration in your body? And then I should correct it. And every single person who has a blood test, if they're admitted, uh, we always take a baseline of what their creatinine levels are like so that we can pick it up if we you suddenly develop acute kidney injury. And the laboratories now in England are made such that if you come into the hospital and we take your baseline when you get to eat through A&E, and if somebody takes another blood test and it is gone up by 26 millimoles per liter and above, somebody gets alerted by the labs to come down and review you so that you don't have acute kidney injury. Because it is one of the reasons why people die in hospitals. Because they are purely hydrated or something is happening that is disturbed their hydration in the body and they've ended up with acute kidney injury. And sometimes as well, the urine output goes lower, plus also the bicarbonate levels go lower as well. We'll talk about bicarbonate as well later on, the TCO2s. We'll talk about, they, they also go up and things like that. And they, you need to be managed very quickly, hydration. And there, there are some pathways in the hospitals. Every single hospital has got an AKI pathway. We should be activated if that is found to, to be happening. So that is acute kidney injury. Right. If it makes sense. It really does. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Learning a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, N-A. What is that N-A? is sodium. That is sodium. The salt that we put in our food. We need some, but in certain levels. Now, if we look at sodium, we can tell whether somebody has got too much fluid on, in, in their body because it becomes so very diluted and becomes low. Um, If, let's say, you are dehydrated, it goes very high. So the the sodium levels in the body allow us, help us 
to diagnose you of either overhydration or dehydration. But you can't also have too much sodium because it won't make you thirsty. You, and you want to drink more. This is why we restrict we restrict sodium anyway, because you've got sodium already. And if you take too much of it, it will make you want to drink more water, which will make you have a high blood pressure. Because if you have too much volume in your body, you end up with high blood pressure. Right. Okay. So it's a delicate balance when it comes to hydration it, between getting enough yes. and yes. being dehydrated or being yes. overhydrated. Yes. This is why we call it fluid balance. Uh-huh. You balance what goes in and what goes out. If you start throwing salt into it, you upset the balance and you end up drinking lots of water. Or if you, the kidney is not working properly and you can't, can't get rid of water, then you upset the balance as well. So it's fluid balance. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. The next one is K. Potassium. Now, potassium comes from anything that grows. It is a salt that we need in our body because it's responsible for the activity of our muscles. Now, potassium is just fantastic when it's within its normal levels. And those levels are between 3.5 and 5.3. Those are the levels I started knowing when as a student in kidneys because 3.5, then you reverse it, it's 5.3. That's the, uh-huh. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the highest. <laughs> that's an easy way to remember I I remember looking very sort of good and precious after I saw 3.5 to 5.3 I just reversed it round but that's how I remembered that now um, we are very strict with potassium because um, too much potassium is dangerous and too little potassium is dangerous so it just should be right now do you remember I was talking about the body being clever sometimes now, the GPs are, are told to report a high potassium when it's like 5.7. Right. Now, we kidney people, we tend to get it to about 6 and we start sort of thinking, oh, are they eating too many bananas? We want you to look at the foods that you are eating or the drinks that you are taking. Too much citrus fruits, fresh citrus drinks have got a lot of potassium in them. Um, bananas, they've got a lot of potassium in them. So, so you need to remember that actually you can also reduce potassium levels by actually reducing foods. Or there are some things like potatoes, which you can eat, but you boil the water and throw away. Vegetables, you can do that again, boil the water and throw away. But you only do this if somebody has told you that your potassium needs to be controlled. The kidneys are very funny. Sometimes they put out too much potassium if they're not working very well. So if you restrict yourself just because you're told you've got kidney disease, you may be doing worse. Remember I said, too low is dangerous right. and too high is dangerous. Okay. So you need to know what your potassium is because if you restrict yourself and the potassium is normal or is low, then we are playing with danger. Okay. And the danger bit is it stops your heart. It stops your muscles from functioning. And the heart is a, is a muscle. So we can't play around with Mr. Heart. <laughs> Definitely not. And that, no. so that's a really important point because yes. when I look on um, a lot of posts on social media and yes. it's talking about, um, you know, kidney disease and taking mm-hmm. care of your kidney health, a lot of the posts say about reducing pa- potassium. But no. as you've just said, mm-hmm. unless no. you've got an issue with unless potassium. Unless you know your result. Yeah. You cannot mess about with potassium. 
because there are times that people we actually have to give them some potassium supplements because their kidneys chucking out too much potassium. Mm. So you just have to be very, very clever. Look at your results first. And if you find yourself going into your 5.6s, 5.7s and things like that, then worry about it. But then if you find yourself going to 2.9s and 3.2s and, you know, then you worry about yourself too. You need to eat something which is, but but work with your work with your consultant, work with your renal unit. They will tell you what to do. But you just can't con- actually uh, um, restrict yourself on potassium. You can't. And I know people have rung me to say, oh, Pat, I, I need to know what is uh, what is low in potassium. I think, why? And they tell me, and I look at their blood results and I think, you don't need to. Right. Enjoy what you are eating now until I tell you when I've seen your blood tests and they say you need to restrict yourself. Don't just do it because somebody has got it. No. This is why we, we always say we look at each person individually. We never say, oh, because so-and-so, we did that on so-and-so, let's do it on so-and-so. Because their results are not the same. Their diagnosis, what caused their kidney disease is not the same. So you are an individual. And that's a really, really important point. Thank so, you. So for everyone mm-hmm. out there, make sure you mm-hmm. know what your potassium level potassium is. is. Yes. Don't just reduce it because you're a kidney patient. Make yes. sure you know that actually you need to reduce you it. You need. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the next one on the list is TCO2. Yes, that's bicarbonate levels. Um, normal should be around 22 to 29. Okay. Now, uh, as human beings, we are not supposed to be too acidic or too alkaline. If, and any one of you people out there have got allotments, you know what I mean. You always test your, the soil of your allotments for acidity and alkalinity. The body is the same. And the body really is around the pH. Um, it should be about 7.3, 7.4, around there. It, it cannot be any more than that. So you need to remember that actually... The body has got its own pH, and we we tend to measure it by measuring the bicarbonate levels. When somebody has got kidney disease, there is a tendency that all the waste that is not coming out of the body is going to make the body more acidic. Right. So we keep on an eye on that because if you become too acidic, that is when it's be, below twenty two. We, we worry about that. Uh, this is why when we start you on sodium bicarbonate, try and rectify it. Uh-huh. Um, yes, because we actually then we monitor it as well when we've done that. Um, so just remember that have, being acidic is not a good thing because you can end up in intensive care, really. The body can't cope with that. And being too alkaline is not good either because you can also end up in intensive care as well. So you just need to be right. This is why we take so much blood out of you when you come to us to actually be seen because we need we are checking all those things. And sometimes when somebody is getting too acidic, they just become very breathless, like they're they, they having a panic attack because the, the lungs are trying to get rid of the acid as well for you, but they are not doing a good job of it. That's what happens. And sometimes I always say, um, sometimes the kidney and the lungs are... are, are are neighbors who help each other when things go wrong. So uh, if you just start being very breathless for no particular reason, and um, it, it could be that it could be acidic, but that's something that we monitor when you come to clinic. 
That's that's really does that make sense? It absolutely does. It's really really fascinating. I'm really I'm really excited about this. <laughs> the body is very complex, actually. Day sometimes it scares me. <laughs> <laughs> me too. So the next one on the list is you rate. Urates are part of um, when we have some um, protein metabolism, if uh, urea and urates come through as some waste products. Sometimes some people can actually end up having these urates deposited in their big toe or in the thumbs and they have gout. If you've got too much urates in your, in your, in your uh, uh, blood system, you actually can have <clears throat> gout. But they tend to say... Um, kidney patients tend to have higher urate levels anyway because the kidney is not working properly. They're in their 400s, they're in their 500s, around there. Um, what we do is we monitor it. If somebody starts having pains in their joints, little small joints, we start them on allopurinol. Sometimes we can start them on colchicine for like a week or so and then maintain them on allopurinol. And that's what we, that is what we do. But it's, it's really because your kidney is not getting rid of all the waste out. Um, which causes that. So what is the normal range for your rate? The normal range is, I think it's about 500 to something. I can't remember actually exactly the numbers now, but we monitor it and that when it gets to about 500, I tend to find a lot of my patients tend to sort of say, mm, I've been having small joint pains. Right. So- and then you, you tend to, we tend to just monitor it because it's expected to be high anyway right. with kidney problems because um, the kidneys are not getting rid of uh, excess uh, urate at all. It's so, something that we check all the time when you come to clinic. So above 500 is when you Yeah, start, okay. when it's the people start having symptoms. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So the next one on the list is Cutcroft Gold GFR. I don't know if I yeah, pronounced that right. A... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> if you are my age... We used to have to calculate all that by ourselves with a calculator. This is actually how you calculate uh, kidney function. Uh, one way, one equation. You, uh, there are equations. It's almost like Pythagoras theory and things like that, what you do in maths. This is a way of... <laughs> this is a way of calculating glomerular filtration rate where you have to look at the patient's age, ethnicity, you look at their albumin levels, you look at everything, you look at you look at their creatinine levels, you're looking at everything and then you divide a number by a number and numbers by numbers and come up with a number. And that is what their, their, their GFR is, their, their, their kidney function is. Nowadays, the laboratories do it for everybody. We used to do it, calculate it because I'm old. But uh, the, the ones nowadays, it just comes calculated from the labs. Right. Um, so what you find is they tend to say, uh, if you are using uh, the Cockroft God, it tends to be um, more accurate when the numbers are higher, when the GFR is still much higher. But the other one, the MDRD, is another equation that also is done by the labs. It tends to be more accurate when the when the, the kidney function is getting much lower. So sometimes they look there are some some places where they still express both both um, uh, uh, equations, but we tend to go more with the MDRD. Okay, which is the next yeah. one on the list. The next one on the list is yeah. MDRD. MDRD, yeah. 
it's just a modification modification of diet and everything else it's actually another equation uh, another equation another way of calculating somebody's kidney function using their blood results their weight their age that's what we use it's just an, a different equation just like you do uh, 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 area of an area a place and you calculate it we also calculate um uh, uh, kidney function that way okay i know <laughs> so the next one which i think you've uh-huh. already really touched on is mdrd plus ethnicity ethnicity gfr yes it's actually when they express um um uh, uh gfr glomerular filtration rate they if you are black because you are believed to have more muscle you have to actually multiply by a number. They actually provide you with a number on the results for you to mount. It's one point something. It's not much um, to, because you need to allow for that GFR to be a little bit higher for a black, somebody who is a bit more muscular, to say the truth. But if you are black, you're, you're supposed to have that calculation. So let's say the report is your GFR is like 50. So you look at whether that patient is white or they are black. If they are black, you have to multiply 50 by 1.37. I think it's, that's a number, per, per kg body weight or something like that. And then you have their proper GFR. So that's what it means. That when you see a GFR, you have to remember that you have to think, are they white or black? And then multiply if they're black. Yeah, the, well, that actually happened to me when I got my blood results once and they came back really low. And I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, my GFR's dropped. Oh, no, 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 this, that, and the other. And I was like really upset. And then the doctor was yeah. like, I'm so sorry. I didn't put the ethnicity on there. It's actually. Yes. And yes. it was much higher. Multi- <laughs> yeah, I know. It's multiplying that number by one, by 1.37 something. And it and it made such a big yeah. difference. So it does. when he when he came when he added whatever he needed to do, as you said, the one point yeah. one, um, it came out much higher. So um, yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, it's fine. It hasn't dropped. So yeah, it's definitely yeah. important to know that the ethnicity um, is important. Is very I important. was taught the one time by a lecturer whose wife's GFR was low. He was black. And then that particular doctor who saw them that day did not talk to them about ethnicity. And then when they come to clinic the next time, um, and the lady was so worried about a GFR. And then this other doctor said, oh, let's let's say, and then multiply it by the number that you're supposed to multiply it for, for to, 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 to qualify it for a black person. Oh, he used to come and have a go at me all the time. You, some of you don't multiply. They tell people lies. And I'm thinking, no, it's not me. But yeah, it is important that actually you you, you get things right. You know, sometimes what we do actually is for, if somebody is, 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 is too big or maybe they haven't got their legs or whatever, it's, you know, like, like you, you multiply by the square, you know, you, you almost like have to find the area of the body of the person. So if they've lost any leg or they've lost a, an arm or whatever, you won't have that area, so you won't know. So sometimes actually where somebody has gained a lot of weight or something like that, or we, we sometimes send people for observed GFR, which is not using calculations. We go and we give them uh, a, a dye uh, in their vein, and you watch it uh, go through the kidneys and actually time it, and then you have the observed GFR. Oh. So there are times that they have to do that too. Okay, so yes, but mostly we tend to use the MDRD, MDRD. 
Um, and then Cockroft, sometimes when we're desperate, we use it sometimes. But the Cockroft was the very first one to come before the MDR day. So I think if you have always used the Cockroft goat, you just like to look at it as well at the same time. Or if you have, you have, you have actually done, done the numbers like we did ourselves. It would be like, oh, let me let me look. You want to sort of work it out as well sometimes. But anyway, that's that's what, what they are. Okay. Yeah. The next one is ACR. The ACR is actually um, uh, protein loss in your kidney. Normal should be 2.3 to 3.5, not very much. Um, maybe a little bit more if, let's say, you were doing like um, uh, activity, you were jumping around in all sorts. Um, the kidney shouldn't lose a lot of protein at all. Now, protein is too big to come through the filters. A lot of the particles that come through the filters are very, very small. They are, I mean, they, they've got ways that they, they weigh tiny little particles, and they're called Daltons, D-A-L-T-O-N-S, Daltons. And, and proteins should just be, uh, there are 68, about 67, 68,000 Daltons. Whereas what should really come through the kidney is 7,000 Daltons, which is very, very small. Very small. So when someone starts losing protein and their ACR goes too high, we assume that there's too much pressures in the kidney, either due to high blood pressure or could be other things. Uh, diabetes sometimes causes that as well if it's not controlled because all the cells inside the, the kidney becomes very big and they press uh, the, the filters in there and cause a lot of pressure in there and push big particles like proteins out. So we shouldn't, we shouldn't lose too much protein. So what, when we ACR goes up to about 30, we worry about that because that damages the kidney further. And from all the tests that have happened before, they have concluded that a lot of people who lose a lot of protein in their, in their urine are the ones who end up on dialysis. So having a high ACR is not a good thing. For example, blood pressure can cause a high ACR and also uncontrolled diabetes now, this is the reason why we always say to the diabetics, when they go for their yearly or six-monthly checks, they need to take a urine sample as well. Because that's the only way that um, the body reports that the kidneys are not happy in a diabetic. The kidney shows itself that it's actually uh, grumbling by pushing a lot of uh, protein out. And sometimes, actually... It's not only with diabetes and kidney disease. Sometimes when you have uh, the autoimmune conditions, this is condition the, the diseases which is caused which are caused by your own immune system attacking your body. For example, lupus is one of them, I think, that is in vasculitis and things like that. They actually show up by pushing a lot of protein out into the urine. Right. So if it is very much around hundreds and up up. I remember, was it last week I had somebody with a thousand wow. and we had to like call them like the next day to come and be seen and for us to try and sort them out. But with those, in those people, if left alone, they can be on dialysis very, very, on dialysis very, very quickly. And yet if they are actually uh, managed, we, we, this is when we prescribe the tablets, the, the, the ACE inhibitors, the Ramipril's and the Satans 
and, and in diabetics, we also can also uh, prescribe what they call the SGLT2s, like the gluflosins, like canagluflosin, empagluflosin, dapagluflosin. You know, th- those are the times that we prescribe those to try and minimize the protein loss and preserve the kidney. Okay. I don't know whether that makes sense. It does. It does. Thank you. Thanks. So losing protein is not a good thing. If you are losing protein, you end up on dialysis very, very quickly. Um, and you damage your kidney very quickly. And also it affects your heart as well. So we don't want to even go there. Okay. The next one is calcium. Calcium, actually. Our bones are made of calcium. And our teeth. Uh, and normal should be 2.01 to about 2.6. And we worry about calcium because if it's too much of it, you start calcifying your vessels, you calcify your, 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 your. If, if you calcify your big iota by the heart way, uh, it, the, when the heart pushes blood out, it receives the blood and sends it down to your big toe. If that happens and you calcify it, it won't accept the bolus from, from, the, from the heart and then it pushes it back and it, that destroys the heart. So we don't want to do that. We want to make sure that the heart stays healthy. So we monitor the calcium levels. Um, and actually, we also check the vitamin D because you need vitamin D to absorb calcium from the, from the body, to stash it into your teeth and your bones. So without vitamin D, not only will you struggle with COVID like they're talking nowadays, you also won't absorb any calcium from your gut. And if you lose calcium from your gut, you start having problems because we've got little thyroids there, which is the parathyroid glands, and we express them as PTH on the blood results. If, the, if you don't have enough um, calcium in the body, they get activated and when they're activated, what they do, because they, they really want you to have calcium in the body, because you use calcium for nerve conduction. What, what tells you that you are sitting on a spindle, stand up and run off, is your calcium that sends the message to your brain and back. Um, what tells you that you're touching a, a hot plate or whatever, take your arm off. So it's where a salt is responsible for safety like that in the body there is a backup mechanism and the backup mechanism is the the, PT, the parathyroid glands and when you don't have calcium they activate themselves and they leach the calcium from your bones and the teeth and bring it back into the blood system so that you can oh. still have those things happening oh. but unfortunately they don't know when to stop right so they just chuck it out you know until your bones become brittle and you want to run and you break a bone and you break, you sort of fall down and you break everything. Um, you can end up having problems like that just because you are lacking vitamin D and you've stopped absorbing calcium and your parathyroids have started activating. Wow. So what we do is we check them. If they are starting to activate themselves, we give you the readily made vitamin D, which is your alpha calcidol, so that we stop all that happening. Wow. Okay. That is really, oh, wow. That's just blown my mind, that has. Thank you for listening to part one of A Guide to Understanding Your Renal Blood Test Results. We will return next Monday with part two. 
For updates about the podcast, or if you want to get in contact with me, please follow me on social media using the handle Diary of a Kidney Warrior. Please do subscribe to the podcast and please do tell a friend. New episodes of this podcast are released every Monday. Until next time, take care and choose to live. Diary of a Kitty Warrior. Sharing faith, knowledge, hope, and love.